Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Good evening. What may I get started for you? Hmm. I'm thinking about getting the approval of others. Should I? Oh, definitely. I'll have that. Excellent choice. It comes with 2,000 Facebook likes. And for you, Matt? Well, I will also have the approval of others, but on a bigger, much nicer plate than hers. Uh, can... Ooh, can I get the likes and followers? Of course. Two popularity specials, one with comparison and one without. I'll get that started for you and also bring out a basket of selfie sticks. Yes, yes please. <laughs> Hey, just want to say thanks for everyone being part this morning as we gather up and launch this new series here in the loft this morning called I Choose. Very good. If you're new with us, uh, you picked a great time to visit. Here's why. Uh, we like to do series, and series are just full of life. And when you jump in at the very beginning of one, basically what that allows you to do is almost like going to the movies and experiencing the very beginning of that clip that you got to know, you know, that little important piece that sets the stage for the rest of the movie. Uh, you're getting in on the front end of that. And so, hey, we're excited. Uh, we're, dump- we're jumping into this. And, and over the next couple weeks, we're going to have a couple other pastors join us on stage uh, and and dive into this topic called I Choose. And so we're past this month of January and we celebrated the new year uh, and we watched resolutions come and we watched resolutions go. Uh, and so for some of you, you're still figuring out your resolution. That's, that's me. And so we finished out the series called New and last week we watched Jesus do some, uh, do some amazing things. He just moved in a very powerful and very real way that we were able to see some changed lives now and that's just exciting to me. And I just want to say, uh, may we never take it for granted. Uh, Um, that we get to be a part of a church uh, where the Spirit of God is moving in a massive way and we celebrate, we celebrate the fact that changed lives do indeed change lives. Uh, And we are transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. And so I thank all of you for everybody who serves, who who gives back, um, who is praying alongside us. Uh, You are making a difference and we're seeing that week after week after week. And I just want to say, praise God, praise God, all right? and on a personal note, uh, thank you so much, you know, for, for what you guys have shown my family this past week. If you don't know, uh, I, I'm wearing my bracelet still. Uh, it'll probably be on me. I'm a proud daddy. Uh, M4 is in the house, not in this house, in my house. Uh, he was born this past week. He was a 10.4 pounder. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like going to the bowling alley and asking for the 10 pound ball. You know, that's, that's him, uh, you, you know. If you want to figure out the weight thing, uh, it was really funny, and not to brag, but I am. Uh, you know, those moments where you know, that's a six pounder in the, in, the, in the nursery, that's a four pounder, that's a five pounder, and there's my 10 pound, you know. <laughs> you just walk in and say, that's my boy, you know. Uh, and they just sort of know, they just start, yeah, you know, you just look at me and just sort of pick that one out. He's got more hair than me, though, so, you know. Um, his name is Matthias Wren Kilby. There he is. He's just a big, uh, you know, he looks like a Sharpay dog, you know, a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> But he's, he's cuddly, he's fun to hang out with, and uh, you'll get to see him soon if you haven't already seen him. Uh, but here's our family picture, you know, we had to get that in. There's all the M&Ms, all of us. My son Maximus the other day, literally yesterday, he's sitting in the truck and it just his mind was ticking. So what you think about, son? He goes, Maximus, M-A. I was like, yeah. Matthias, M-A. I was like, very good. Micaiah, M-I. Mia, M-I. He goes, we can have teams. <laughs> <laughs> like, very good. 
That's right. Nerf wars are now on in our house, you know. So Matthias and Maximus are going to be on team, and me and Makai are going to be on team. So hey, we're, we're, just, we're just figuring out life, man, this past week. We're just figuring it out, and so uh, it's exciting time for our family. Hey, pray for Sarah. If you don't know, we're not, we're not ashamed. We, we talk about things. Uh, she pushed through this thing for labor uh, for, for 12 plus hours on Monday. And, uh, but then they did an emergency C-section that night. Things were stressing everybody out, especially Matthias. And so the body, you know, all the endorphins, everything releasing just to have the baby. But then all of a sudden, uh, that didn't go well for us. And so we had to go into C-section mode and just the, the body, the wear and tear of that. So pray for her. Uh, she, she's just really not recuperating well. But uh, if you wouldn't mind doing that for her and our family this week, we would greatly appreciate that as she's just trying to figure this out as too with four M&Ms. So... Hey, but today, today we're starting a brand new series, like I said before, and it's called what again? All right, so you're on top of it. Thank you for being on top of it. Uh, And if you missed it somehow, I don't know how because it's posted everywhere. We've handed out these little cards, uh, literally, for you to go out and hand out. Hopefully you've been on top of that. You've been praying over it this week. Uh, But it's a powerful sermon series, and and I just want you to think about this for a moment as we dive in. Um, Who are you now? Who are you now? And essentially, we are the sum of of total of the choices that we have made through our life. That's who you are. And who are you today? We are the result of the choices that we made this past week. And who will you be tomorrow? And essentially, those are the decisions uh, that we're making today will determine who will become um, tomorrow and what we'll be able to do next week. Literally, choices, choices matter. And, um, and for the next five weeks, we're going to be making five specific choices that can impact you and impact others around you. And next week, I just don't want you to miss. I'm going to pass this off. And if you don't know Pastor James Hunt, he's sitting right here on the front row. He's taking notes. Um, but he, 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 is, man, he is ready to, 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 to bless you guys. And if you have never heard him preach, man... Get ready. It's going to be fun up in here. Uh, you better bring your amens, by the way. He will ask for them. Uh, but he, 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 is, he is legit, and I love him to death, and he's going to be taking, taking this on. And he's going to be talking about surrender over control. He's going to be talking about surrender over control. And how many of you would be honest to say, and, and you're a little bit of a control freak. Come on, hands up. There's a couple people. Thank you for your honesty. Uh, remember, liars go to hell. Um, if, 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 if you were just honest about that, if you're, if you're a control freak, if you are one of these people, if you're a control freak, you have my permission this week to take control and invite everyone you come in contact this week. You may text them, you may call them, you may pick them up, you may drop them off. Seriously, whatever it takes to bring them here next week without sinning, without sinning, let me preface that, uh, you can do whatever it takes to drag somebody to church next week simply because I believe that next week we'll be blessed by Pastor Hun and, and surrendering over control. And you just don't want to miss it. Uh, and then we're going to follow that up next, the following week, with Jason Gibson from Nashville, Tennessee. He's going to be talking about love over hate, especially in marriage relationships. Uh, and if you, if you haven't signed up yet for the I Choose Weekend, a weekend to remember if you're a married couple or you're, you're thinking about getting married, or if you're dating and you're serious about it, uh, I would seriously consider talking to Anita. There's a connection point back there uh, that you need to be a part of this weekend. He's going to do a session on Friday night, and the, and the youth, our youth, are going to some can't benefit from this, so it's a real important night. You get to have a date night, but then as well as uh, come Saturday morning, there's going to be a couple sessions, and then we'll get you back out into time, and then he'll preach on Sunday morning, and it would be an impactful moment for your marriage. You just do not want to miss it. But today, I want to spend a little bit of time 
uh, introducing I choose by asking you to imagine something for me. Uh, and everybody has to play or this is going to be epic failure, you know. Um, this is not going to work. So imagine just for a moment, imagine just for a moment, uh, if, if everyone that you knew and everybody that you don't know likes you. And every, you know, so we have a couple people laughing like that's impossible. Everyone, everybody around you and everybody that you know really, really, really likes you. Everyone approves of you. No matter what you do, everyone thinks you're amazing, you're awesome. I mean, you're just, you're number one on the list, you know? How'd that make you feel? How'd that make you feel? Kind of powerful? Kind of like, ooh, that's, I think I could, yeah, I like that. Some of you kind of enjoyed that moment, if you're really honest, but here's the truth. It will never, never happen. Ever. Ever. Completely impossible. And here's how I know this. Have you looked at your neighbor this morning? I mean, some of you are sitting on rows, and you're just like, I don't like them. I don't, I don't. You can't even get along in the same row with somebody. And, but here's how we really know this. No matter how much you try, no matter what you try to do, you can never please everybody. It's completely impossible. It's completely impossible. Now I want you to imagine not only something that it can happen, but I believe with Christ the sinner, God wants, us, uh, wants this to happen for all of us, uh, especially as Jesus followers. And, and if you're not a Christ follower here today, this morning here in the loft, um, you, you can take a break from this moment on. Um, but I really want you to lean in and at least have ears to hear. Um, but those who claim to follow Jesus, this is for you. Imagine being so consumed with centering our, our, our visions, pointing and living. Imagine just being so devoted to this, it changed everything from here on out. And it made you become more devoted to everything you do simply because you put Christ first. The way you give reflects Jesus. The way you forgive reflects Jesus. The way you invest into others reflects Jesus. How you serve reflects Jesus. How you love reflects Jesus. You truly sought after Christ's approval versus what other people think about you. You sought after Jesus versus seeking out others. Imagine waking up every single day with that passion and that purpose in your life, knowing deep down inside you are doing what you were created to do. It drives you and it pushes you towards Christ. And it changes you from the inside out. The approval of, uh, the approval of others just does not distract you anymore. You're laser focused on Jesus. Can you imagine that you wake up and you state this, I choose purpose over popularity. I choose purpose over popularity. And this is exactly what Jesus wants us to do for, for me and he wants it to do for you. He wants you to have purpose. And so for this morning, we're going to dive into purpose. And I believe the issue that so many of us have by default is we choose the opposite of what Christ wants. We just naturally do this. It's a naturally born sin. Uh, we naturally go down the road of, of what do you think of me? We, we do that. We really do that. What do you think of my clothes I'm wearing today? I got some new vans. You like them? 
Uh, you know, uh, what, what, what will they say if I do that? Uh, will this make me a fruitcake? And for those that's an inside joke, you know, will this, will this make me a fruitcake, you know, following Jesus this much or not? You know, how will I be perceived if I post this on Facebook? Will they think I'm a Republican? Ugh. Will they think I'm a Democrat? Ugh. You know, Would, if I can't even say I love Jesus, you know, what will they think? It drives us for popularity, sin. But we're supposed to be called for something higher, and it's called purpose. And so did everyone, did, did anyone ever really watch some movies back, you know, I don't know when it really came out, but man, let's just go, like, growing up a couple years ago. There was a movie, man, I loved it, and I got into it, and they actually made a couple of them, but there was a movie called City Slickers. Anybody? Come on. Billy Crystal? <laughs> I know I'm showing my age, but he's a great movie, all right? Uh, Billy Crystal, still a funny guy. And if you, for those who, let me bring you up to speed, you know, Monsters, Inc., the little green guy, that's Billy Crystal, his voice. Um, so uh, we have a bunch of that stuff going on. But Billy Crystal, the, the guy in the front, that's Billy Crystal. Um, he played this character named Mitch Robbins on this cattle drive because he's trying to figure out life. He's trying to figure out life. But he meets this guy in the middle, this real-life cowboy named Curly Washburn. In the movie, Curly advises Mitch to discover this one thing in life, which is the most important thing in his life, and it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks. But it will solve his problems. Everything else doesn't mean crap. Now then, that's the edited version. You can go watch it if you want to. But it just says you've got to figure out this one thing. And when you figure out this one thing, it changes everything. And when you do figure out the one thing, Look out. Now, the cool thing about the movie, um, along the way, Mitch helps drive, the, you know, deliver a calf that was dying, uh, and then Curly dies. Uh, Mitch adopts the calf, and, and then he names him Norman, of all names. Uh, and then he finds new life because of this one thing he found on the cattle drive that changed everything. He found purpose. He found it. He found purpose. And some of you today are looking for purpose but are missing or, or are misusing what God gave you in the first place. Did you catch that? You're misusing your purpose. And, and let, me, let me sort of share it this way. Uh, back before Christmas, like I showed you a picture just a while ago, uh, we have a, a couple M&Ms, and, and my youngest, no, no, my second youngest now, um, uh, Micaiah, uh, and me get to spend a little bit of time together before he goes to his nannies. And, and she's a wonderful woman. She takes care of uh, our kids some days uh, when she did, can't, you know, it's just we, 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 we definitely use that way too much. But she, she loves on our kids. Um, but my youngest child, uh, he found this object in the bathroom closet. And he came out with his face smashed into it, making all kinds of noises. And, and all I could do was to yell at the top of my lungs, no, like, uh, you know, like panic, full blown, like, no, you know, okay, and I can go a little bit louder, but it was, and he just immediately dropped the object, and that object was a toilet blow plunger, you know? <laughs> That's right. And he dropped it immediately, took off running, thinking he was in trouble, and he wasn't, um, and so while giving him a bath, brushing his teeth, Cloroxing his mouth out. Um, I, you know, I asked him why he did that. And he said he found a new Nerf dart that sticks on things 
and he wanted to surprise his older brother. Uh, and so the first thing in my mind is, what did you stick it on besides your face? And then I really didn't want to know. And then I told him, this is between you and me, man. No one else knows. Your mother does not know this. No one, you're not to even play with this no more. Just do not talk about it. But the takeaway here is this. You know, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you can misuse it for the rest of your life. I don't care if it's a tow boat plunger or not. It could be your life. You could be misusing it incorrectly. And I think a lot of us, a lot of us are. We're misusing that one thing God placed in your life, which is called purpose. The problem is, if we don't know the purpose of the one thing, all we can do is misuse the thing. Think about it. If we don't know the purpose of our lives, we end up experimenting with it, and we never do what we were created to do. And if you don't know the purpose of a thing, all you can do is misuse your thing. And so many of us don't know the purpose of our lives, and that's the problem. And if you don't know the purpose of your one thing, don't ask for the approval of other things. Ask the one who created the one thing, you. What we do so often is we go to other people and we say, hey, what do you think? We go to other things and ask for approval. You know, we, we, and just, I want you to think about it. You are a thing. You are created in his image. You're a thing. And you need to ask the one thing, the Father in heaven, what's my purpose? You need to do that. We all want purpose. And sometimes we just ask the wrong way. So tell me my purpose. Do you like me? Do you like my clothes? Do you like my hairdo? Do you like what I'm doing? What are we asking? What are we really asking? When we start asking all these questions, and here's the thing I think you're asking when we go down this road, is am I important enough in the world? Do I have value is what you're really asking. Do we fit in in this culture? Are, are we buddies? Are, we follow, are you following me on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Periscope? Do we like each other's heart all the time? Do we like, 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 heart, heart, heart? Are we sad? Emoji, emoji, emoji. Are we happy? Do you like what I'm studying in school? Do you like the fact that I can break three bricks and I'm a Corrado black belt? You know? Do, do you like my job? Do you like the picture I posted with, with the perfect filter and that perfect caption at that perfect moment for the sunrise? Do you like it? Do you like it? Do you, what you're really saying, am I valued? Do I have value? Let me tell you something. Jesus sees value in you. He created you fearfully and wonderful. So essentially, without even knowing it, we are literally are living for the approval of people instead of God. That breaks the heart of God. We're finding our, our meaning in what other people think, and we're forgetting about that God created us for a divine purpose. And if you want to know the purpose of that one thing, don't ask other things. You can ask him to pray with you, but ask the one who, who birthed you, man, who created you in his image. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Taking notes, write this down. 
The problem is living for the, the approval of others keeps you from the purpose of God. Because everybody's got an opinion. Come on, can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Everybody's got an opinion. They, they'll tell you, especially parents, they'll tell you what they think. They'll say, oh, you need to go get a better job. You know, you got to get, you got to get, you got to get, you got to get, you got to get. You, you've heard this over and over again. Living the approval of people keeps you from the purpose of God. Anytime we're consumed with, with what people think about us, we tend to forget what God thinks about us. The fastest way to forget what God thinks about us is to be obsessed with what people think about us. And some of you, this is stinging already. It is hurting because you know that the only thing you do is get on this phone and you open it up and you just sit there and post as much as you can to see how many likes you can get. And you know what I'm talking about. You're like, well, he's got 50. I posted the same thing, I got two. You know you do it. How do I know? Because I do it. Just being honest. I call an ace and ace. I, I get consumed sometimes. And we all do it, right? But we do it in other ways. You don't have to be on Facebook. And so you're sort of, I don't, I don't even have a Facebook. Okay. Whatever, you do it too. The way you look this morning. If you looked in the mirror more than once, maybe, maybe you're living for the approval of people. And it's keeping you from that divine purpose of God. And I just want to encourage you, man. Close your eyes and just lean into God this morning. As long as we're consumed with the approval of people, we won't be living for the purposes of God. And so if you have your Bible, since we are a church, let's dive in. Let's, turn, let's open that thing up. If you don't have one, turn on your cell phones. Bible apps, there's all kinds of them. The ones we like to use, the youth version and the olive tree Bible. There's some Bibles in the back. Uh, if you need one, there'll be behind the screen on me. So let's turn to the book of Hebrews, who is found in the New Testament. Um, great, 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 great piece of uh, writing here. Some of the scholars uh, out there in the world, uh, they call this book a, a masterpiece. And others call this a speech of encouragement. Um, but what I want to do this morning is give you a solid example of a guy who did this one thing um, that turned everything around. And he actually lived actually during the Old Testament times. Uh, but the writer of Hebrews, some say it's the Apostle Paul, some argue it's different, uh, but it doesn't really matter. The truth is in the pudding here in Hebrews chapter 11. And so if you've got your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. And this guy, this character that we're going to be talking about, his name is actually Moses. And so and if you don't know much about Moses, let me just quickly bring you to seed. You need to know about Moses. It's really a fascinating you know, life and just been you know, uh, recorded for us to be able to, to have and to hold. Uh, but let's just say Moses was a guy who was born uh, as a Hebrew slave. But, but uh, he was adopted, right? He was adopted and essentially into Pharaoh's family, a, a very wealthy family, you know, Egyptian royalty, you know, very high up on the, on the, on the pecking order. Uh, and even though he could have chosen a life of comfort and style and everything, he, he chose, get this word, he chose calling over comfort. He chose calling over comfort. He could have very easily given into popular opinion by staying in the Pharaoh's family. But this guy, Moses, he chose purpose over 
popularity. He chose purpose over popularity. So let's lean in and see what happens in, in uh, Hebrews 11, uh, chapter 24 uh, through 26. And it says in my word, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, by faith, by faith, uh, Moses, uh, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Okay? And so here comes our word. Let's just say it loud. He what? He chose. He chose to what? Be mistreated along with the other people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead. He finally figured life out. He started to look ahead for his reward. He, was, he, was regard, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. What did he do? He chose purpose over popularity. He chose calling over comfort. And for some of you, you are now stuck in this word of purpose. You can't get your mind off of it. Because you are making choices daily. Even today you made a choice. What's my purpose in life? I don't know. I can't answer that. But have you asked God? Because Moses did, and it changed everything. He actually met him in a burning bush. If you don't know the rest of the story, I won't spoil it for you. But it's a really cool story. But here's the question that I'll ask. Have you stayed faithful to the journey like Moses did? Because it got messy. It got real messy. Matter of fact, it got so messy that there was some, some waters that went straight up. And parted, and there was a well that went past. I mean, I'm just imagining the, the cartoon version. But I mean, you know, all the things are going crazy, and, and there's an army behind him ready to kill him. It got really messy, but he found purpose when he made it through, and he, and he delivered all of his family members on the other side, thousands. He found purpose because he was looking ahead. He was looking ahead for the reward. He chose purpose. And I don't know. But I would definitely ask you to ask God and stay faithful to the journey. And I believe he reveals as much as we can only handle for the day. And then one day when you're faithful with your purpose and, and these little small nuggets of, of purpose, those purposeful moments of life with your faith, suddenly you recognize God is trusting you with way more. Why? Because if you're faithful in the small things, God tr starts trusting you with the big things. You can't go up here without doing this down here first. And over time, you start to grow into it. And now God is all of a sudden, you're like, you're like what's my purpose? Well, now God is using you in a more significant role in life. He looks and says, this guy was obedient. So wait a minute, his obedience now is moving him towards me and I want to use him. This looks like a bigger purpose in my life. And over time, suddenly you recognize the one thing. I was created for this moment, this purpose. You see, what I want you to understand is there is power, there is power in purpose. There's power in recognizing your life moments your moments in life, and for this, this person, and for this reason, for this moment with God, you are called to be a difference maker. The question is, do you recognize there's power 
in purpose. Now, if you're taking notes, let's continue forward. There's power and purpose, and purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose diminishes distractions. So what does purpose do? One of the things purpose does is is it diminishes distractions. And you see, for so many of us, one of the biggest distractions uh, that we, we have is what? We get into this thing called comparing. We size people up real quickly. Like, it never fails. I can go into a room. If there's somebody bigger than me, I go immediately beside him. I just want to see if he's really taller than me. That's just what I do. Don't, call, don't, don't judge me. But I guarantee you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We get into comparing. We're like, what do you think? What are they doing? Why am, not, why am I not invited along the journey? Before long, we get into the comparison trap. We get into the comparison trap where everyone has something better than you and you're just trying to make it to where they're at. Not where God wants you, but where they're at. And they're far from God, but you're trying to compare to them and you're trying to move with them. It's like keeping up with the what? Joneses. Oh, you know it. The curse of comparison is it pulls you away. It pulls you away from your divine purpose. However, purpose diminishes all of those different types of distractions in your life. And one of my favorite examples in the Bible is, is in the book of Nehemiah, written for Nehemiah, found in the Old Testament. And if you don't know his story, I'll quickly share it with you. Nehemiah was heartbroken and anguished that the walls of his city were broken down. And here's a little nugget. Anytime you find yourself really upset about something in life, like righteously angry, you know, just like full of, you know, you're just, you're just ready to tear into somebody because it's wrong in the sight of God. That could be your nugget of purpose. That could be your purpose. And you don't want to lose that nugget. Treat it like the most valuable nugget of gold ever and don't give up on it. Keep digging. You see, but when Nehemiah found his nugget for his purpose, he decided to take a stand and go make a difference. He rallies all the people uh, to do something that was completely impossible. But with his leadership following Jesus or God, he, he begins to rebuild the wall. And while up on the wall and he's making a difference and finally people are starting to recognize the difference, along with everyone else, they are turning stones into fortresses that cannot no longer be penetrated by those who oppose God. And it was a wall for purpose. He's working away, doing a great job, and suddenly two enemies of God planned. Uh, they, they just, they're just playing this attack, and, and one was uh, Sanballat, and the other one was Tobiah. And they come up, they start to shout insults, and, and hey, this is, go- this is never going to happen. We're going to still attack. You're never going to get this done because we're not going to let you. We're going to crush your people. We're going to kill them. It's impossible to dream the way you're dreaming. This is, this is not going to work. How many of you know that whenever you start doing something towards God, distractions tend to show up in a powerful and from mostly stupid people? (laughs) Come on, right? It happens, right? It's like a, a filter of vomit. They just throw up all over you. Because why? You're following God with purpose and they just don't want you to do that. It's a distraction. What what does Nehemiah do? He just keeps on working. He just keeps on slinging mortar. Another stone. Another one. 
Come on, I need that big one. It's, I need it now, you know? He's working away, and he's got the voices of doubt, though, of, of discouragement screaming up at him. And he's on top, placing these stones into place for purpose. And this one thing in his life that he is now owning of rebuilding a wall for God. And he finally looks down and he says something that I've found value in. And he says this. In Nehemiah 6.3, if you got notes, you can write it down. Nehemiah 6.3, it says this. So I sent messengers to them in this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. Why should I stop while I leave it and go down to you? Because I'm up here doing it for God. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. And some of you need to know that this morning. You're doing something amazing. You're serving in some capacity right now. You're doing something that no one else is doing and you're being distracted right now. Somebody's pulling you down. And you need to stand with the voice of God breathing life into you and you need to rebuttal them and say, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Some of you just need to adopt that this morning and let that be become a part of, of who you are today. I'm doing a great work for God and I cannot come down. This is what God has called me to do. It may not, be, it may not seem big right now, but I'm being faithful in this one thing. And over time, God is going to reward this one thing. And, and I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. If I come down, I'm getting distracted. All of us will fail because you have been distracted. And maybe, maybe the wall never gets built because you decided to step away. You see, my life and my ministry and my journey of those little steps in life have been full of purpose. And sometimes I don't ever, you know, I, I didn't know it at the time, but let's just look at my faith journey. And from serving in high school and middle school with FCA at the time, and then in youth group with mission trips and, and, and just learning what it meant to be faithful, to being a part of an amazing organization in college called the Baptist Student Center, allowed me just to grow and mature. But eventually, I got into my major, and I was really involved in it. It was aviation, commercial aviation pilot. I finished that out and was able to start flying. Even we bought a, an airplane. We were flying people. And I was doing it well, and I had dreams and aspirations, and people were breathing life into me. And, and you know, I, I had my faith, but then I had my wings. And I was just trying to do my wings. And when I started to feel God say, hey, you've got more purpose over here, I I know you love doing this, but you've got to come over here and do this for me because you have been faithful for all these little small things. And so when I leaned in and started saying, you know what, I'm going to have to hang up my wings because it says in Scripture, but those who hope in the Lord, they will mount up on wings like eagles. And as high as I could get in that airplane, ain't got nothing on the height of what God wanted me to see. And when I finally figured that out, it changed my viewpoint of what God had for my purpose. Now, then being able to explain that to my parents, we had a little conversation about that one. We had, we, we had multiple conversations, and I can remember some responses from people. I can remember some of the responses from other people. Why would you waste your life going into ministry that does not make any money when you could fly high and see the world and make all the money you ever desired? Talk about a distraction. Hey, I'm just being real and honest and transparent. 
It was a huge distraction at the time. And I remember specifically talking to a couple people. I feel like I'm being called into ministry. And they're like, what is a call? Is God calling you? I was like, I don't know, but it's just popping up everywhere. Every time I look at things, the only thing I can think of is people. Like those alt- altimeters, the little instruments behind them. You know, when I'm talking to Lexington, uh, the, you know, I'm talking to Indianapolis over my walkie-talkie in the airplane. The only thing I think of is that person on the other end, do they know Jesus? It sort of changes you from the inside out when Jesus gets a hold of your life and shakes you up and says, I've got purpose here. Breaker, breaker. Do you listen? Finally, I figured it out, and I was broken on the tarmac one day, and I said, I got it. I figured it out. Now, I didn't know the whole journey. He was just asking me to be faithful with this step. And when I started being faithful with that step, it led me to seminary. I got to seminary, and that's scary sometimes. And it was just a scary moment for me, but I trusted him and was able to knock that one out. And then it led me to a church, and I was able just to go in there. I was like, ah, this is kind of scary. And I was, just, I was just trusting him with these little small faithful steps. And finally, he said, hey, let's go plant a church. I was like, okay, Africa, here we go. He said, no, Danville, Kentucky. It's like, what? kind of jungle is this? And then I realized it was the jungle he had designed me to be in his purpose. I could speak the language. I didn't have to know a foreign language. Can you imagine a six foot eight bald guy walking into Africa? And like, woo, you know, I mean, just run, gringo, you know? But here it's just kind of, oh, that's Kilby. Now I'm called fruitcake. Now I'm called other things but at least I'm able to have spiritual conversations daily. People know what I represent. I love the fact that when the hub across the street, it's my office if you don't know, you know, if I'm able to come in there and I order a cup of coffee or some kind of sandwich, they now put things on my receipt called Satan Slayer. You know, they come up with all kinds of cool little nicknames because they know what I represent. Purpose. It changes things. Matter of fact, it's changed the atmosphere over there. It's changed the atmosphere in some of the downtown scene. It's been able to change, actually, me. The thing it's changed the most is my family. It really has. It's changed my family. And I can only imagine if I decided just to go fly the wings and be selfish, be distracted. Now, you know, we, we ask people that we run into, and we just sort of just ask people, and it's like, hey, listen, you know, I don't think we should have, you know, people say, so. I don't think you should have planted a church. I don't think you should have done that. And I'm like, listen, the proof's in the pudding. We've seen life change. We've seen changed lives. And, and some people along the journey even just try to distract us. And say, it's stupid. We got 70 churches in the city of Danville. Why plant another church? I'm like, because I'm not fishing for church people. I'm not. I want to fish for people who are broken. I want to fish for people who are disheartened by church. I want to fish for people who who seriously have a passion just to follow Jesus. Not religion. Not some rules. Just give me Jesus. And when that happens, it changes your purpose. And now people are asking me and just trying to distract me, well, what are we running now? Are we cattle? You know, I'm just sitting there looking at some of you. You know, 
it just sort of changes things. And it's like, does it matter? Only thing I can tell you is we're seeing changed lives that change lives. And over the past year and past couple years, we've seen 75 people come to know Christ Jesus in the loft. And there's light bulbs that are lighting up. And we're changing the world. Where this little light of mine, we're going to let it shine. We've changed the world in our community. Now then, you want to be a part or not? And we just sort of ask and we go back and forth. But I'm telling you, people continue to throw darts of distractions. And I guarantee it they're doing it in your life too. Because if they're doing it in me, I guarantee it they're doing it in yours. For your purpose, for your purpose, you need to quote it and write it down. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. If you're trying to get out of debt and people are making fun of that brown bag that you bring in every single day or that old clunker, it's paid for, you stand firm and you say, I am doing a great work and I can't come down. If for the single people, who are staying pure with not having sex before marriage. I know this is huge, and I know I even had a conversation this week about it. When, when everybody else is screaming at you, and, and even tonight, people are going to be talking about it. I guarantee it there's going to be Beyonce or somebody doing something stupid. I love her, but, you know, all the single ladies. Um, sorry, that was a distraction. Let's go back. Let's go back. When everybody else is screaming at you and saying, it's okay, come on, it's just one thing, it's just this one. You stand firm on the word of God and you say, I am doing a great work and God's providing for me. He's got purpose in this. You may be called to start up your own business and everybody else around you says, that is the most dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. If God's birthed it in your heart, you say to them, I am doing a great work. And I can't come down. Because when God tells you to do something, you better do it. You stand on it. And in the middle of where God's called you to be, whether it be Danville, Kentucky, or Africa, or China, or wherever it be, you just remember, purpose diminishes distractions. And when that happens, it changes everything. Second thing, purpose. Taking notes, come on. Purpose pushes you through the pain. Purpose pushes you through the pain. Whenever you have purpose, it gives you motivation to keep going even when things hurt. How many of you know that it will be painful to lean towards your purpose right now if you know the truth? If you lean towards the purpose, it's going to hurt you a little bit. The pathway to your purpose is always paved with pain. Every single time, it is. Don't think you're, you're an exception. It was for Moses, it was for David, it was for Esther, it was for Mary, and it was for Jesus. So why should you be any different? It, it will be for all of us because whenever you're doing what God calls you to do, your spiritual enemy will attack you. You know, he will come after you. You see, I don't ever worry about... Uh, whenever I'm, I, I'm being, you know, laser focused and, and I know I'm, I, I'm just tracking with Jesus. What I really worry about is when I'm being distracted and I'm following others because I'm being pulled away by the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy purpose. You see, that really pulls us away from God. And along the way, you've just got to recognize that you've got to be tracking towards the reward because there's greater value in serving God's purpose than to living for the approval of people. 
And maybe you do, uh, you, you now know, you, you're starting to understand a little bit more about the suffering that's going on for your purpose. And every now and then, people do take shots at you when you're serving God. They do. They, they, they just take some shots. Even in the Christian world, they take shots. Every now and then, it costs you something. It does. You know what, what it looks like now. And I, and, and I kind of like it when Jesus you know, took a shot for me because he paid it all. He paid it all. What it cost him was more than I can actually fathom and understand. Every now and then, I don't mind a little bit of resistance and I don't mind a little bit of pain because I know what he went through. But purpose pushes me through it. I've got a higher calling and that whole purpose and pain and pushing through is for a greater reward. And even this week, you know, I just replay this moment of Matthias, my baby being born this week. You know, and, and let's just say the birthing process is an interesting thing. Um, women, I feel sorry for you, but at the same time, uh, epidurals are cool. Um, and, and, but before the epidural came, she, was, she said things that probably shouldn't be repeated. Um, but, and she's not here, so I can say this. Um, she grabbed my arm, and she, like, it looked like Freddy Krueger got a hold of it. And then, while I was standing there, how it happened, I still don't know. But let's just say she bit me on my head. <laughs> and in the middle of all that, the nurse looks at me and goes, yeah, there's, there's a bite mark. And, and, and I was just like, and she looks at me and says, I can't. I can't do it anymore. And I looked at her with the most, you know, straightforward, most compassionate moment of my life. I said, oh, yes, you can. You got to. There's no option. There's no plan B. It's got to come out. Matthias has got to come out. Time to do it. Come on, push. But here's the cool thing about this. The reward now is worth the pain. Got a little baby boy named Matthias. He's growing already. He's a little monster. His little chubby cheeks. They're so yummy, by the way. His breath. That baby breath, and for those who know what I'm talking about, it just smells great. And I told her, you just can't quit. This is what you were designed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. You see, critics can't stop you. Opposition doesn't deter you. Pain doesn't slow you down. You were created for this. This is a purposeful moment to create life. And this is something God has called you to do. And when you find that one thing, you better go after it. I'm going to be faithful in God in this moment. And what does purpose do? Purpose diminishes distractions and purpose pushes you through the pain. Now, the third thing as we finish up, purpose, purpose empowers you to please God. Purpose empowers you to please God. And this, what, this is what Moses tapped into when he was serving God. There was all sorts of opposition. He faced it from his enemies, and he faced it from Pharaoh, and from his own people who complained a lot. Anybody know some complainers? You know, purpose empowered him to keep going. Why? He was pleasing God. This is what God called him to do, and this is what he was created to do. And you cannot talk me out of doing what God has called me to do because it pleases him. It's a little bit like in the New Testament when Peter and John and some of the other apostles were preaching Christ, Jesus. 
And some of the religious leaders came up to them and said, you guys can't do this anymore. You, you, and they're like, why? You've already beaten us. You know, you, 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 you put in a shackle and you, you, you whipped us and we're still doing it. We don't care. We love Jesus. You've already put us in prison a couple times. That didn't work because the angel freed me. You, you, you're telling us to stop preaching in, the name, in that name. And Peter and the other apostles, I love what they replied. They say this in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. It says, we must obey God rather than human beings. We have to follow what God's telling us to do. So they just kept on preaching in that name. Now, here's the interesting thing that we find ourselves 2,000 plus years later in a boat of that name. What's so funny is to me is that 2,000 years ago, they, the religious leaders, and the government at the time did not want that name to be preached. Some of you know where I'm going with this. 2,000 years later, here today, what's the name that riles everybody up? What, what can, what, you know, you can talk about God how, you know, how this higher power, a supreme being, universal God, spirituality, but you, you can do that all day long and they'll talk about it on talk shows and CNN and everybody else. They'll, they'll, they'll talk about God in this big volume of God. But when you bring up this one name, Jesus, it changes everything. They, 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 they literally move the camera away. They, they, they pan away. Why? Because the name is above every other name. There is no other name by which people will be saved. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus Christ. And if they don't, man, it's going to be painful. You can't, you can't talk about it in, our, in this name of Jesus in our society. People sort of just move away from it. They don't want to hear it. You can't preach in the name of Jesus sometimes. Even from the, 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 the stage and, and during the inauguration, there was only one that really mentioned Jesus. You can't tell them about the name because they just don't want to listen. What did they say? They essentially said, we can't help but talk about him. Why? In other words, when you've been so transformed in your life, you can't shut up about him. When you've, when you've been forgiven, as we have been forgiven, you, you, you know what it means and you want others to understand about it because you can't stop talking about his name or that purpose. You can beat me and I'll come back. You can lock me up, but I'm going to be freed. The last time you literally did that, the angels broke us completely out. You can try to kill me, but death is my friend. It doesn't bother me. I'm going to be sad, but the truth is, I'll be glad walking on streets of gold, a little bit easier on the feet. We must obey God rather than human beings. We obey God rather than man. Why? Check this out. I don't want you to miss it. Because we can't please man. Bottom line. We can't please man. We can't, we can't please everybody. Oh, but we'll try. We, we really will try, and we'll try so hard, and we'll fail every single time, but when we please God, you'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with some small things, now come enjoy the big thing. 
Come on up. You think Super Bowl's a big show? It ain't got nothing on what heaven looks like. Living to please people keeps you from the purposes of God. You can't please everybody, can you? Come on, just a minute. You can't. We, we did that little exercise earlier at the very beginning. Imagine of all the likes, you know? That's the stupidest waste of your imagination you could ever think about. You can't please everybody, but you can please God. We can't please everybody, but we can please God. I want you to let that become your take-home for today. You can't please everybody, but we can please God. So how do we please God? Whenever we live by faith, whenever we live by faith, we start to please God. We start to please God. Whenever we're obedient to the purposeful moments and we're faithful in small things, we please God. Whenever we die to ourselves and let Christ live through us, we please God. It's one of the most freeing moments to recognize purpose. In verse uh, 26 in Hebrews, remember this. It says this, Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value, as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead. So I got a couple of things I want to throw at you. Five quick things. We'll be on the board. There's value in being liked by people. There's, there's value. But there's greater value in being loved by God. Some of you need to hear that today. There's value in having fun with friends. But there's greater value being faithful to God. There's value to start something important. But there's greater value in finishing it. Some of you need to know that. There's value in comfort but there's so much greater value in calling. There's value in being popular, but there's greater value in serving God's purpose for your life. You see, you cannot please everybody. So why are we so consumed with doing it? Ultimately, what does their opinion matter in the first place? We can please God, though. We can and when we recognize that, suddenly we are set free from the opinions of others. Why? Because we are called to live according to the purposes of God. Remember, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Your opinion, it does not matter much anymore to me. You can't make fun of me all day long because it doesn't matter because I'm doing a great work. You can laugh at me behind your back. You can you can say negative things. It doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. I am doing a great work that God called me to do. There's power in that, and I don't want you to forget it. There's purpose in that, and I don't want you to forget it. Serving something or someone who I can please, which is Jesus. I want you to devote your lives to him, to that one name that changes everything, Jesus the question you've got to ask is, are you trying to please Jesus or are you are trying to please man? Am I trying to do something that will I will, you will never achieve? Or, or, or are you trying to do something that you can achieve? And some of you need to know right now, that's a hard question to answer. Today, I want you to just to choose God. Choose purpose over popularity of people. And today, we choose calling over comfort. Today, we ask the Lord 
to help us, to help us see purpose in our lives today. So Jesus, man, we just, we pause. And we say we thank you for, for dying on the cross. Your purpose was that. To, to, in the form of a baby, you came and, and you died. Gave your life. You paid the price for love, for us to be with you. And that was your purpose. And for some wild reason, over time, over history, that's been, that's been dis, just distorted. The purpose of that was just to write in history books. And some people don't even acknowledge that it happened. But there was purpose three days later. In those three days, when you did rise from the grave, you changed everything. You, you stopped the world in its tracks and you said, I'm back. And I'm back for you. Jesus, I hope and pray that, that we can start to understand that purpose of just wanting to, to see a relationship started. And I pray for others who are already started that relationship and they're, they're tracking with you, but they just don't know what's next. And for others, they're, they're just really, they've been living a life that's been just completely full of lies by the Satan. They've been distracting them and just been pouring stuff on them and just in their family and their marriage and, and their finances and, and everything else. They've just been completely bombarded. God, I, I just pray for purpose. I pray they stand firm and they continue to build a, a wall, a fortress with you. And whatever it looks like, God, I just pray that we find purpose in being obedient with you. Because I do know this. When we trust and obey, there is no other way. So Jesus, I pray that in all of us this morning. But we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. And so we thank you for this moment that we're just going to sing a song. And we're just going to ask you to just to, to pour some life into us as we seek your purpose for our life. In your name, amen. Hey, we're just going to spend some time here. We're going to sing two songs. And um, we're just going to let Josh lead us in a time of purpose. And, and on the way in, you got a little card, hopefully. If you didn't get a little card, basically, you know, you can read it. But it, it just asks a couple simple questions. And if you just want to sit there quietly and answer some of those questions, you can. If you want to grab somebody and come up here and pray, you can. I just want you to spend some time with God and ask and ask, what is my purpose in life? And just allow the Holy Spirit to move you. That's all we're asking this morning. Hey, let's worship. <laughs>